again, and welcome to another edition of Ike Badgers Podcast. My name is, of course, Coach Riley. I am a contributor here at Ike Badgers. I also do some work with Wisconsin Sports Heroics. You can follow me on Twitter at, at @BadgersRiley. Be sure to also give a follow to Ike Badgers Podcast. You can follow them at Ike underscore Badgers. This week's episode will be a little bit different. I am pleased to announce special guest AP Aaron Patel. You can follow him on Twitter at Aaron K. Patel. Aaron is a Rutgers super fan, and I'm not just saying that. He really is a Rutgers super fan. He attends a ton of Rutgers sporting events. I'll let him dive into that in just a second. But he's also going for something called Rutgers Fan of the Year online. Um, Welcome, Aaron. Why don't you introduce yourself and kind of elaborate on what that is. Thanks for having me, Coach. Really appreciate uh, coming on the pod. But, um, yeah, going back to the fan of the year, uh, Rutgers had announced a fan hall of fame uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, where fans could nominate themselves or a friend uh, that really exemplifies what it means to be a Rutgers fan. Uh, out of the 30 to 50 submissions they received, they narrowed it down to 10. Um, and I was part of a vote over the last uh, week and a half or so. And uh, now I'm waiting to see if I'm one of the three finalists uh, that'll get honored and uh, recognized at the Maryland game uh, over Thanksgiving Day weekend. That's pretty exciting. And if you want, um, I put your Twitter info out there again. Again, that's at Aaron K. Patel. If he wants to tweet out a link how to vote for him, um, he can do that. Be sure to vote for him. Uh, You mentioned something just a few moments before we started uh, recording here that this will be the first game, actually, you haven't attended in quite a while. How many games have you attended uh, this year? This year I have uh, last game, the last away game was the last game, uh, the first time I watched this team on TV all year. I I attended the first seven games of the year. uh, And this week uh, I will be unable to attend the game against Wisconsin. uh, My first missed home game. Uh, since 2017, uh, not counting last year for COVID. Uh, So it's been quite a run, uh, 25 straight home games, not including last year for COVID, but um, really enjoy getting out to SHI Stadium every uh, Saturday as much as I can, even supporting the Scarlet Knights on the road. It it hasn't been easy. Uh, Been a lot of long, lean years, but um, the future's bright with Greg Shiano back at the helm. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing what the Scarlet Knights can do in the uh, weeks and months and years to come. That's awesome. I mean, you haven't missed the game since 2017. That's honestly incredible. That's not just me calling you a super fan. I want my listeners to know that you legitimately are a Rutgers super fan. Um, but we'll hear from Aaron in just a second. As always, um, just kind of a preview of what this show is. Uh, together, we'll preview this Wisconsin Rutgers matchup coming up this weekend. Uh, first, let's do a quick recap on last week's Wisconsin's victory. Of course, over-dreaded rival Iowa. Iowa was number nine at the time. They dropped all the way down to number 22 on the college football playoff, by the way. This game, 27-7, of course, Wisconsin really, for lack of a better term, dominated this game from front to finish. Wisconsin took a 20 to nothing lead into halftime and finished with a 27-7 win. Total yardage, Wisconsin won pretty handily. 270 total yards to Iowa's 156. Rushing yards, Wisconsin again did well in this category, 166 rushing yards. Iowa was held to just 24 rushing yards. Wisconsin fans, if you remember last week, Wisconsin allowed Purdue to have negative rushing yards. So, again, 
that defense continues to dominate passing yards. Again, Wisconsin didn't need much from Mertz. 104 passing yards to 132 passing yards for Iowa. Wisconsin had twice as many first downs, 17 to Iowa's nine. Some big things here, turnovers. Wisconsin, hallelujah, had a turnover-free game. I honestly, I, fans, I can't even tell you the last time we had a turnover-free game. It's been that long. But Wisconsin did it against a good Iowa defense, believe it or not. Iowa had three turnovers. Wisconsin is continuing now back-to-back -back games to cause turnovers defensively. Another huge one, Wisconsin seven sacks with nine quarterback hits. They were everywhere. This linebacker unit, I don't even know what else to say. We all know they are dominant. I tweeted out earlier this week that this is the best linebacking unit in the country. I will stand firm on that. If you can find a better one, please let me know. I know Georgia has a good defense, but I think Wisconsin's linebackers are just absolutely dominant up front. Again, uh, well, a, a big thing that I talked about last week was Wisconsin's penalties. Last week, they had nine penalties. They really did clean it up. This game, three penalties for 23 yards. Wasn't a factor. Wisconsin dominated time of possession, 35 minutes compared to 24 minutes. Diving into some player stats for Wisconsin. Again, Graham Mertz didn't have to do much. He made some key passes and really wasn't a factor at all in the second half. He was 11 for 22. That's 50%. 104 yards and a touchdown. Again, though, no fumbles and no interceptions. That, that alone is huge improvement for Graham Mertz. Kudos to him. This is where it gets exciting again. Braylon Allen, four straight games with over 100 yards rushing. Guys, he's had over 100 yards rushing since Jalen Berger left the program. I don't know if that means anything, but it might be something. 20 attempts, 20 carries, I should say, 104 yards. Chesma Lucy, 19 attempts or 48 yards. Neither of them had a touchdown. Another thing that was exciting, though, Danny Davis had five touches in this game. He's a guy we haven't heard about a lot. I have been an advocate that he is a playmaker and that he needs the ball more. He got five receptions. They're 59 yards. So it's encouraging if he can keep that going. Jake Ferguson, of course, three more catches for 13 yards and a touchdown. Chimri DK with a catch for 22 yards and Jack Dunn with a catch for three yards. That's really it. Kendrick Pryor was held without a reception. Uh, that's something that I, you'd like to see improvement on. But again, Wisconsin dominated this one 27 to 7. Let's get you some three quick takeaways from this game. Number one, Braylon Allen continues to be a stud. Again, guys, he is 17 years old. True freshman, four straight 100 yard rushing games, 20 carries, 104 yards. And a big thing that uh, was an improvement from last week, he had a fumble free game. That's, uh, that's huge. And guys, Braylon Allen continues to look like that guy. We all remember Jonathan Taylor. We all remember how good he was. We all have that fresh in our mind. I'm not saying Braylon Allen is Jonathan Taylor, but he shows glimpses that he can really be that guy at running back position. Second key or second takeaway from this Iowa game, defense continues to dominate. Really no words that you can put it better than dominate. Allow 24 rushing yards, 132 passing yards. Be more turnovers after a five turnover. It was a four or five. I don't recall off the top of my head against Purdue the previous week. And the big one here, seven sacks. Holy cow. Nine quarterback hits. 
And that was something that was missing in the first few weeks. Wisconsin's definitely disrupted the passer all season. But now, ladies and gentlemen, they are starting to get home and cause major disruptions in the backfield. Three, number three in the takeaways from this Iowa game, Wisconsin played, I would say, their most complete game of the season. And that is really encouraging because we have seen in a few, well, a lot of the games, I should say, where Wisconsin has showed that they are that elite team for a half or maybe even three quarters, thinking specifically to that Notre Dame game or that Penn State game. But this was a game where Wisconsin really dominated every quarter. Now, you would have liked to see them blow out Iowa. By no means was this game a blowout, but it was 20 to nothing. Wisconsin could have scored points in the third quarter, but they really did stall in that quarter. But a big thing of that was this defense made the game feel like a blowout, even though the score was within striking distance. You never had that feel like Iowa could move the ball on the defense. The defense, you can't say enough nice things about the defense. And the biggest thing here, turnover-free game from Wisconsin, that's uh, that's enormous moving forward. If Wisconsin can do that or at least limit turnovers in any capacity, they've got a chance, if not a really good chance, in every single game ahead of their schedule. Biggest part with that Iowa game, Wisconsin still controls its own destiny in the Big Ten West. So let's look past that Iowa game and look forward to some news from this week. Uh, there was some news here, particularly with the transfer porter continuing to be a, a hot stove, I should say. Wisconsin learned that they land former four-star recruit cornerback transfer from Michigan State, Kalan Gervin. He is a guy that should plug in play next year. Wisconsin secondary, particularly at the cornerback position, are seniors or upperclassmen at least. So look for him to get significant playing time. I think... With this transfer, this next corresponding move, the writing was on the wall. Cornerback Dante Burton announced he will transfer. He's a former three-star recruit. Buried a bit in the depth chart. So it's not a huge loss, um, but players continue to take advantage of this open transfer market, I will call it. And backup fullback Quan Easterling announced that he will transfer. That one's a little eye-raising because he seems to be the guy – once John Chanel graduates next year. Looking at the injury report this week, uh, looking ahead to this Rutgers game, linebacker Spencer Littles will be questionable. Here's a new addition. Offensive lineman Josh Seltzer is, is questionable. We saw him leave the game last week with an injury and did not return. Luckily, it, it didn't seem to be a huge loss. His replacement played fine, but he is questionable for this game. Wide receiver A.J. Abbott is out. Already tight end Cam Large is out already. Tight end Hayden Rucci is out already. And newly uh, put on here, linebacker Marty Stray is out already. Uh, the, the big blow, and Wisconsin fans will remember this, the ones that watched the game, tight end Clay Cundiff has already been ruled out for the year with a lower leg injury. The specifics haven't been announced on that. But as we recall, an ambulance was on the field within two, three minutes. So not a good situation there. He did give the crowd a thumbs up, but he is officially out for the season. Wisconsin continues to be thin at the tight end position. Maybe look for ways for them to be creative, um, kind of filling in those spaces, bring in more formations with six, even seven offensive linemen out there. 
But looking ahead now, let's preview this Rutgers game. This game is at SHI Stadium in Piscataway, New Jersey. It is a 2.30 central time kickoff. It'll be on the Big Ten Network. Right now the line has Wisconsin as 13-point favorites. I don't know if I uh, truly like that line. I think this game will be closer than that. I don't know if this Wisconsin team really has it in them to blow out many opponents, but that is what the line is. Rutgers is four and four in the year. They're one and four in the Big Ten. Last week they won twenty to fourteen against Brett Bielema's Illinois on the road. Uh, that win stopped a four-game skid. And this is where I will kind of turn it over to our dear friend Aaron here. Aaron, if you had to quickly summarize Rutgers' season thus far, how would you do it? A roller coaster is probably the best way to describe it, and it's uh, been one at that. It got off to a super hot start, uh, 3-0 and in the non-conference portion of the schedule, uh, beating Temple off of several turnovers, uh, takeaways, and then a tough fought road win at Syracuse, uh, where Rutgers pulled away at the end of the game. Uh, that game was actually 0-0 at halftime. I don't think I've ever been to a game that was 0-0 at halftime. Um, and then Delaware, uh, FCS opponent, one of the best FCS teams in the country, but still another quality win. And that's where things started to get interesting. Rutgers still relatively healthy at that time. Uh, took Michigan really down to the wire. I think in the third quarter of that game, uh, Michigan only got 11 yards of offense, which was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I, w- I was there in the big house, and the place was absolutely stunned. The mighty Michigan not able to move the ball against uh, Rutgers, and it was it was just a sight to see. And unfortunately, a couple plays too short at the end of the game and uh, couldn't pull it out, but uh, could have been an opportunity that we – we let Michigan off the hook for the second year in a row. If you remember, there was a triple overtime game in New Jersey uh, last year during COVID uh, that Rutgers lost at the end as well, 48-42. Uh, so Michigan's Michigan's been a little bit closer of an opponent than you'd think, given uh, Rutgers' recent history. Um, so hopefully we'll pick them off in the next couple of years because uh, nothing would make me happier. But um, moving on after that, uh, Got tough with Ohio State and Michigan State. Uh, a tough loss on the road at Northwestern. And the bye week came at a really good time. Uh, get a lot of players healthy. Uh, we were without uh, Raquan O'Neal for a long time. Our blindside guy, left tackle. Uh, he was back against Illinois. Uh, blocking for Vedra on the left-hand side. And uh, that, that made a lot of difference because that Northwestern game, we only had one recruited offensive linemen uh, playing in our starting offensive line. There were three converted defensive linemen and one walk-on as the other uh, four linemen that day. Uh, I, had, I had no idea about that one. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Really. Um, just, just looking at Rutgers season on paper and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, it is very much like a roller coaster and it's at the same time, it is kind of like Wisconsin's when you look at, their schedule and who their losses are to. You look at a loss to Michigan. That's a good Michigan team. That's a ranked Michigan team. They lost to Ohio State. We all know who Ohio State is, and they're one of the best programs in the nation. And they that, lost. That game, was, that game was over before it started. You you blinked, and there Rutgers was already down fourteen nothing. 
And I think that's understandable. I think Ohio State is honestly that program still in the Big Ten. But another loss to a ranked opponent against Michigan State. And then things, this is where the outlier is. They they lost at Northwestern to, uh, you know, I I don't know how else to say Northwestern, but bad right now. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Rutgers is really, really banged up in that game. I don't want to make... Uh, excuses, but and Rutgers made a lot of uh, didn't execute really well, but there were um, a lot of injuries and a lot of things that just compounded at that point uh, that made it a really uh, convincing win for Northwestern. Um, that Michigan State game, the score doesn't tell it all. Michigan State scored on four plays of their four touchdowns came on plays of 60 plus, not drives of 60 plus, plays of 60 plus. Four big plays, four big plays, completely changed the game. And and I think that's why this season is so much of a roller coaster. It's a team that's still learning how to win, uh, putting the pieces together. And they're going to – they play well for a lot of stretches, but then they, they make a mental lapse here or there. And before you know it, the game's out of hand and they're fighting, scratching, clawing back. And that's, that's one of the things I like most about uh, Coach and his chop mentality. Uh, the three, the three pillars that he talks about are family, trust, and chop, FTC. Family, forget about me, I love you. Trust, trust in one another. And then chop is uh, just focus on the task at hand and make sure that um, you do your job. And if everybody does their job, then uh, good things will happen. And that sure sure did happen in that comeback win last weekend to, uh, in Champaign uh, where Illinois went into the half 14-10 and Rutgers dominated the second half on the ground and uh, pulled out a big, big road win, much needed. That's the one thing I do. I, well, there's a few things I like about Rutgers coach Greg Schiano. That's one of the things that I that I love about him really is that he is truly building a culture and a culture from the ground up. And it's a it's a, it's a plan that has worked for him before. Of course, he's been the Rutgers coach before where he had success. And uh, I do think this program is up and coming. And I just wanted to kind of highlight that this four and four record, particularly the one and four in the Big Ten, isn't entirely indicative of this team. You, you talk about with that one and four. I, I mean, those are two of those three are in the top ten right now. I mean yep. that. So it, it. I mean, those are understandable losses. And Wisconsin's got similar losses like that. I don't think this Rutgers team is nearly as bad as, um, you know, I, I guess for lack of better phrase, they usually are. I do think they are up and coming. And I do like that foundation that Greg Shiano's putting in. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the future is bright. And we, we saw a glimpse of the future last week where they put in our uh, freshman court, true freshman quarterback on a key fourth and five. Vedro came out of the game uh, with an injury. They, we had gone to the backup Cole Snyder a few times uh, before in that game, but all of a sudden in the third quarter, out of nowhere comes Gavin Wimsett. Gavin Wimsett was a, a top 100 recruit in the class of 2022 initially, now reclassified 2021. Pulled him out, pulled him on the field for fourth and five. Uh, running back Isaiah Pacheco came across his body, laid a nasty block on a defensive back blitz. Gavin stepped up and made a throw across his body, across the field, uh, to Bo Melton going across there for the first down. 
and that was able to move the sticks. Bedro came in and uh, scored the go-ahead touchdown, I think three or four plays later. Well, that kind of leads me to my next question for you, uh, Aaron. Who are some of Rutgers' playmakers? Who are their uh, their key players? So I think I think there's a lot of interesting playmakers on this team. I think uh, where the di- where the issues lie is really on the offensive line, and the defensive line. Uh, so so going back to the playmakers, uh, Bo Melton is the obvious one on at wide receiver. Number eighteen is a fifth year fifth year captain, uh, senior, uh, very, real leadership kind of guy. He's very versatile too. He can catch, run. Th- um, I think he's even attempted a pass maybe couple seasons ago. Um, and then there's also uh, Raekwon O'Neal, like I mentioned at left tackle. He's been, he's from South Carolina, not a place we traditionally recruit, um, but he's been really strong as well. Uh, going on defense, this is really the strength of our team. We got Julius Turner in the middle at nose tackle. Uh, one of Matt Millen's favorite players. He always, always, always talks about him on the Big Ten Network. Um, he will actually be setting a Rutgers record this Saturday, uh, leading Rutgers all-time games played list all by himself. He's currently tied uh, at 53 games, and uh, when he steps on the field on Saturday for Wisconsin, he'll be at uh, 54. So all by himself atop the most Rutgers games played uh, for a single player. And then go, moving back, uh, linebacker Olakunle Fadakasti is a probably a first team all big 10 selection at linebacker. He's, he's got 75 tackles through eight games right now on pace for a hundred probably already. If we get that fifth extra game with a bowl game, potentially. Um, so he's, he's really special as well. And then Avery young is another guy that was longtime cornerback. They really like his versatility and skill. So they moved him to safety this year. Uh, it's been a bit of a, bit of an adjustment, but he's a, a really skilled player. And I think uh, he's adapted really well uh, to his new position at safety. That is a name I have to say nice and slow. Ula Kunye Fadukasi, linebacker for Rutgers. And and he's, he, got a, uh, he's got a younger brother on the team and his older brother that did not go to Rutgers is on the New York Jets. So it's a, it's a football family. And he, just looking at the stats here, he absolutely is that guy in the defense. He leads the team by a, a healthy 31 tackles from the person that's second on that list. Yeah, I mean, it's really predicated on the way uh, Coach Shano and Rob Smith run their defense. Uh, the defense, the, this schematically, they they uh, attack from the weak side, and he's, he's in that weak side linebacker position. Uh, so he's really up – at the line looking to uh, get a tackle for loss, whether it's the quarterback running back um, and make be that first key stop. uh, If there's plays up the middle and along the edges there. So he's really got an important position and he's clearly executing uh, as as seen by the number of tackles that he's able to get uh, each, each season. This is why I love having you on Aaron. This is a, it's such a nice perspective for, Somebody that watches or goes to every single game, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's really nice to see a perspective from a Rutgers super fan other than me just seeing what I see on film. So, again, thanks for joining. Um, my third question here, this might be a long, complicated question here, but what are some keys for Rutgers victory in this game? 
going to be very tough for Rutgers to win this game, uh, to be completely honest, but it's not, it's never impossible. That's, that's what makes Saturday so, so fun in college football. Anyone can beat anyone in any given day. Uh, Wisconsin does boast a top eight defense in the country. Uh, so I expect a super low scoring game, given both teams offensive struggles and the fact that both teams really rely on their defense to uh, shorten their fields for their offense. Um, so I think, I think the uh, keys to victory for Rutgers is really manage the football ball. The ball is the program. So don't turn the ball over. And Noah Vedra's done a really nice job of that. He only has three interceptions on the year. Uh, I don't, I don't think there have been too many fumbles either. Um, so, so really nice job uh, protecting the football. Rutgers needs to score points. The offense has been uh, up and down this year, only averaging, I think, 23.6 points per game. Not really ideal to win a lot of football games. Probably need to be up eight, nine, ten more points than that uh, to consistently win ball games. Um, and then also look to get Bo Melton more involved, especially if Aaron Crookshank can't go, which it sounds like is is going to be the move. I don't think Aaron Crookshank will go this week uh, to the happiness or sadness of Badger fans. Um but he will be there, and I'm sure he will have old teammates to catch up with after the game as well. And, of course, that's former Wisconsin Badger wide receiver slash special teams extraordinaire Aaron Krushank. He probably is undoubtedly the best punt and kick returner in the Big Ten. So that is a big loss for Rutgers. And that was actually one of my questions, kind of what the status is of him. And him being out, I think undoubtedly um, we've seen, as Wisconsin fans, the, the special teams unit as a whole has struggled. So really that is really a small, him being out is really a small advantage to Wisconsin in that category. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think, I think Rutgers special teams actually probably the biggest strength of their team. Um, I am convinced that we have the best punter in the, not only in the conference, but in the country. Um, he hasn't had a touchback since 2019. I think it's been over 95 punts since he last had a touchback. That's really an amazing stat. And balls routinely downed, um, down inside the five, inside the four, inside the three, inside the two, inside the one. Um, and I think it helps that he's uh, he's a rugby style punter. Uh, and our special teams units, uh, the guys on the ends are really, really excellent getting down the field and locating the football and making sure it stops before it crosses the goal line and really help flip the field to get our uh, defense in position to get key stops. And then also uh, make our, the field shorter for our offense, which has definitely been uh, a mixed bag at times. Yeah. And uh, I just have one more question for you and that it's purely speculation, kind of a fun topic here. But obviously, we we know Jalen Berger has ties to Rutgers program. With him being in the transfer portal, what what do you think about his likelihood of him ending up in Rutgers? So I think I, I don't know the situation of why he left Wisconsin or what the circumstances are. So I don't want to speculate too too much. But I think as long as uh, our coaches feel like he's a good fit, I think he would be a great addition to our team. Um, but I, I do think that uh, Kentucky will also be a suitor knowing that uh, the running backs coach formerly at Wisconsin 
uh, from the last six years, which was John Settle is now the running backs coach at Kentucky. So he may also have an opportunity to play at Kentucky as well. So it will be interesting to see where Jalen Berger ultimately ends up, but uh, wherever, wherever he goes, best of luck to him. Uh, Always like to see our New Jersey football players do well uh, wherever they end up. That's a good little tidbit there about uh, Coach Settle. Uh, just some key stats that I think are interesting. Just looking at these teams on paper, as Wisconsin fans, we know the offense has struggled. The offense scores 21.9 points per game. Looking at Rutgers, it's a lot of the same. They, they average 23.6 points per game. So offensive inconsistencies is a good way to put it for Rutgers. Um, that being said, we know how dominant this Wisconsin defense is. I'm going to give you three keys to my game or to, to Wisconsin victory anyways. And Aaron, I just kind of want to have your thoughts on these. Um, the first one is very simple and it's very typical Wisconsin. Like number one, continue the run game success. I, I touched on it before. Four straight games of Braylon Allen having over 100 yards rushing. Just enormous for, one, his development and his confidence and his self-esteem. And, and two, as, as a whole, the offense looks it, it looks more, it looks a lot better, for lack of a better phrase. It looks more capable of actually putting points on the board. Some of the red zone woes have, have slowed down. The sack woes have slowed down. And really, it's put a lot of pressure and really the need for Graham Mertz on the back burner. We don't, Wisconsin has showed with, with a heavy run game and heavy run game success that Graham Mertz can kind of take a step back and him along with his turnover lows being eliminated from the game plan is a huge plus at this point. Uh, Rutgers is plus five turnover ratio. Wisconsin is still minus five, and that is even after eight turnovers in the last two games created. But what are your thoughts to that first key there, Aaron? I think I think it's definitely an interesting one, and I think that you hit on a lot of good points, and I think that that's where this game becomes interesting. I know you had mentioned earlier that the spread is 13. I think Rutgers covers that spread comfortably. I think the under is probably a good bet as well. I think the over-under set at 38 or 38 and a half. Um, I don't see them either team scoring that much. I could see this game ending up um, Rutgers 24, Wisconsin 13. <laughs> I'll give you my prediction in a second. Again, if you think Aaron is the biggest idiot, whatever, please do interact. I, we love the interaction here. So uh, he's going out on a limb. He is a Rutgers homer, knock on wood, you know. But um, my second key to the victory, protect the football. I know you you said this was also a big, big uh, proponent to Rutgers' success. Yep. But Wisconsin has just turned the ball over so much this year. Wisconsin finally had a turnover-free game against Iowa, and we saw what the results are, a 27-7 win against number nine-ranked Iowa. You know, maybe they weren't the ninth best team in the nation, but it's still a huge win. So, and the second part of that is Rutgers offense. We just mentioned it struggles or it's inconsistent. Don't give Rutgers offense added opportunities. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, we talked about this before, uh, before we started taping, but um, Mertz and Vedra actually have 
opposite numbers as far as touchdowns and interceptions. Vedro's got seven touchdowns and three interceptions, and Mertz has got three touchdowns and seven interceptions. So two sides of the coin there, but it'll be interesting to see uh, which which sides play out and uh, how this game goes. But I think there's a lot of interesting stories that um, haven't been uncovered, and it'll be uh, definitely a 60-minute battle uh, to see who, who comes out uh, victorious. Yeah, it, uh, it will be a battle, I think. I think uh, a lot of Wisconsin fans are kind of underestimating this game. It's an important game. Of course, Wisconsin really needs to win out and look forward to that game against Minnesota for potentially the Big Ten West title. But quickly, my third key to a Wisconsin victory here is just to play discipline football defensively. Because I think if they play discipline, they can dominate this game. We've seen really Wisconsin's defense do this with every opponent. They're, they have the ability, the skill, the scheme with Jim Leonard to dominate any opponent. And if Wisconsin plays sound, disciplined football, I, I don't see that being different against this Rutgers offense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll see. I think the game could go either way. It'll be interesting to see. I think the interesting thing to me about Wisconsin is which Wisconsin team will show up. Um, Wisconsin's been also a bit of a mixed bag, and I think uh, it'll be interesting to see after coming off a big, big win against Iowa, um, how they respond coming on the road uh, halfway across the country uh, for for a mid-afternoon game uh, against a, a team that's getting healthier. So I think I think there's a lot of interesting things here, and I think it'll be uh, really exciting. And I think one of the things that we hadn't talked about, and this just occurred to me, is that Saturday is the 152nd anniversary of college football, and we'll be at the birthplace of college football on Saturday. Oh, that's pretty How cool. cool is that? Yeah, for, for Wisconsin fans that don't know, the, the birthplace of college football is actually Rutgers. Yep, the first college football game, two, uh, November 6th, 1869. So it will be 152 years to the day, Rutgers and Wisconsin, uh, this Saturday. Well, that, that's pretty cool. And, and you just gave your prediction. Again, what was your prediction again? Rutgers 24, Wisconsin 13. Okay. I am going to give my prediction quick. I do it at every end of the podcast. Again, guys, I want to encourage you to interact on Twitter. Again, that's Ike underscore Badgers or me at Badgers Riley. Call me an idiot. Call me the smartest guy in the world. I don't care. I just want the interactions. I think Wisconsin does build off of some of the momentum they had against Iowa and Purdue, two ranked opponents. Now, I do think it will be harder for them to get up to this game. It is halfway across the country, 2.30 kickoff against an opponent, nothing against Rutgers, but there just isn't that that hatred or that still set, you know, there isn't a lot of history between these two opponents. So it is a potential trap game, but me as a homer, I do have Wisconsin winning 27 to 14. So we've got basically the opposites. (laughs) Pretty close, pretty close. Um, but I am going to wrap this thing up, guys. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of Ike Badgers podcast. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at Badgers Riley. 
Feel free to like, subscribe, or follow on Twitter, the podcast at Ike underscore Badgers, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening. Thank you, and uh, we look forward to hopefully Wisconsin victory on Saturday. Sorry, Aaron. All good. We'll, We'll see how it goes. Thanks for having me on, Coach.